Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, The Christmas Story Updated. I want to share the Christmas story this morning, but I want to share it in a little bit different way than you might have heard before. To begin with, I'm going to read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2 and from Matthew chapter 2, the story of Jesus' birth. Then we'll talk about how Jesus was born, but he was born to die. We'll progress from there to the story of the road to Emmaus, and then we'll talk about communion And I believe when we're done, you'll see how they're all connected, and we'll finish by taking communion together. Amen? All right, so Jesus is born. Jesus is born. I'm not Linus in the Peanuts movie, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. He read good portions of Luke chapter 2. I'm just going to read what I think I'm supposed to read. Classic moment in film history, in my opinion. The meaning of Christmas. All right, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Amen. Keep in mind, I'm just reading today. It's story time, Bible story time with Dr. Scott. Matthew 2, verse 1 through 11. 
Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Sorry, I got to say an amen right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word also that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, right. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Amen. Wise men, some people believe they were even oriental kings. They brought gifts to the newborn king, the greatest gift of all, the gift that changed the world forever. Amen. But listen to me, no matter how wonderful his birth and how wonderful the Christmas story is, we can't escape the reality that Jesus Christ, our Lord, came to the earth because he was born to die. Jesus was born to die for you and me. John 3, 16 and 17, a little obscure scripture you might have heard of. Goes like this, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave the best gift of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen for that. And here's the verse most people leave out when they quote, John 3.16, verse 17 says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Amen. Jesus didn't come and pay the price and endure a horrible scourging and a torturous death on the cross. If He didn't care about us, if He didn't love us, if He came to condemn us, He certainly wouldn't have done those things, would He? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, Jesus himself, he said in Matthew and Mark's gospel that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That means he paid the price to buy us back from the kingdom of darkness and translate us back into the kingdom of God. Amen? So in this season of giving and remembering the birth of Jesus, let's remember the greatest gift of all. Jesus came to die so that we might have life. Amen. That's the whole point of Christmas. Let's talk about the road to Emmaus in 
As I said earlier, you will be able to connect the dots by the time we're done here. Luke chapter 24, we'll read verse 13 through 32. This is after Jesus was raised from the dead, and two of his followers were on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and it was about a seven-mile journey, two- to three-hour walk, depending on your pace. So we pick it up there in verse 13, and behold, Two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. Again, about seven miles, two or three hour walk. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. They did not recognize him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Now, that's kind of King Jamesian, so let me tell you what I think it sounded like in our vernacular. Hey, guys, why the long faces? What are you talking about? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? In other words, where have you been? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yes, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher or the grave. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. Listen, the women know what's going on. You've got to listen to the women. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, <laughs> and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, beginning probably with, he was born of a virgin, prophecy of Isaiah. Amen. That's the guy he's talking about. I'm the guy. And they drew nigh unto the village whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. Just remember that. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? So let me just recap my thoughts about the road to Emmaus. A seven-mile journey speaks of the journey of Jesus. It was a perfect and complete journey. 
He paid the price for our complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus showed them in the scripture exactly who he was and why he had to come and die to purchase salvation for us. You know, Emmaus, I did a little research, Emmaus was known as a place where healing springs flowed. And people would go there to get in the water because they thought it had healing properties. I believe this is a type of the healing provision of Jesus. Amen. Notice it said he communed with those two believers in Emmaus and he broke bread before them. I believe it was when they saw the scars in his hands and finally realized who he was. He broke the bread and they got a good look at the scars and they said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And they were reminded of what he had done for them. You know, sometimes we have to recognize what Jesus has done for us. We have to see it through the eye of faith before we can receive what he bought and paid for. We got to see it first. Especially when it comes to receiving healing in your body. So communion is a time when we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember that he came and he was born, but he was born to die for us. His body was broken for our healing and his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. Amen. Amen. Trisha and I have been taking communion most every night and I've been doing it most every morning, doubling up. Got some things I'm dealing with. I don't want pain in my body anymore. I'm taking communion. I believe and I'm healed. He bought and paid for my healing and I believe that Jesus ought to get what he paid for. Isn't that right? Isn't that fair? If he paid the price, he should get what he paid for. And that includes the healing of my body, the healing of my wife's body, the healing of everybody's body in this place. All right, so let's talk about communion. Paul's words about communion, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 30. By the way, if you read between the lines, it appears to me that Jesus personally taught Paul about communion in a vision. Verse 23 says, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 30, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. You know, when, when I take communion, I break the wafer or whatever I'm using as bread, I break it. And I say, Lord, just like I'm breaking this bread, Jesus' body was broken to break sickness and disease off of me forever. That's what I say. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. When we take the wine, we have a thing that we say, Lord, thank you for the blood that purchased for us eternal redemption, forgiveness of our sins, past, present, and future. We receive it. Jesus' name. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Listen to this, verse 30, very important. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, and that's not talking about taking a nap. That's talking about people dying. He's saying because they have not properly discerned the Lord's body, they're getting sick, and some of them are dying. I can think of a couple of ways. There's more than two, but the ones that come to my mind this morning that you cannot discern the Lord's body. First of all, you can not honor and respect and love and have compassion on your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not discerning the Lord's body. They belong to you. They're part of you. They're part of the body of Christ. That's one way you could not discern the Lord's body. Another way you could not discern the Lord's body is not see that his body was broken for you, that his blood was shed for you. His body was broken for the healing of your body. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sins and your eternal redemption. Amen. You got to see it to receive it. You got to discern the Lord's body. Amen. Everybody with me? So with that being said, we're going to transition to communion, and we're going to do this uh, a little bit different. I think we did this one time before, but rather than get somebody to bring a cup to you and bring the wafer to you, uh, why don't we just go with the left side first, just go up and get a, a bread and, some, uh, and a cup, and then return to your seat. And then we'll go on the right-hand side, and, and then we'll all partake together. All right, any minute now, we're going to take some to the kids and to Miss Tanya. Father, we look at the bread, and we're mindful of the body of Jesus that was broken for us, broken for our healing. We receive the bread, and we receive healing for our bodies. Heavenly Father, we look at the cup and we're mindful of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us for our eternal redemption, for the forgiveness of our sins. We receive of the cup and we receive forgiveness for our sins. Father, I just pray that we have an increase in the ability to discern the body and blood of Jesus moving forward in our lives as individuals and as a church. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, The Christmas Story Updated. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, 
visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.